Salam and welcome to another TMV podcast brought to you by the Muslim Vibe. As always, I'm your host Salim Qasim, um, and this week we're joined by uh, Sheikh Jawad Shamali. Um, we talk about uh, a, a lot of things, I guess, um, and uh, the Sheikh kind of gives us his, uh, I guess, quite unique and insightful perspective when it comes to how we see religion. Um, we have a, a really interesting discussion about suffering as well um, and just I guess reassessing some of the things that we kind of take for granted and our relationship I guess with how we view the religion he dropped some absolute gems um, over the course of the hour uh, I, I definitely recommend sticking around for the whole thing um, it's yeah I, he left me with absolutely loads to think about um, and I think you'll really enjoy this podcast and hopefully it'll give you a lot of food for thought with regards to how you see your relationship with religion and um, your, I guess, general direction in life. Um, I know that's a tall order and I've hyped it up a little bit, but I think it will live up to the hype. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Sheikh Jawad Shamali. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Wa alaikum salam. Uh, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I guess for for, for the, the listeners, um, w- would you, in a couple of words, be able to just summarize your background and experience and, I guess, journey when it comes to Islamic study and academia? Sorry, I'm not sure if I um, heard you correctly. A couple of words or a couple of hours? <laughs> couple it's up of... to you, man. The, the, the podcast is all yours. <laughs> all right. Okay. Um the listeners may want to lie down, relax. This is going to take some time. Um, so my background, well, um, I was here um, in London till the age of 15, 16, did my GCSEs. Then I went to um, the seminary to do my Islamic studies, was there for around um, for around 10 years, then came back to the UK and... Um, Started an MPhil in um, so a master's in philosophy. Kinda MPhil is just Cambridge's way of saying masters. I think. Okay. They in in some be, of the they fields, they have to be Cambridge about it, and it, exactly they yeah. have to say. Um, but in some other places, MPhil is what they give you if you fail in your PhD. For example, you've done a PhD, you don't pass. Yeah. After three years, they'll give you a. MPhil. MPhil. Okay. Just so you don't go home upset. So I did that. Then I did my PhD in um, the development of Islamic legal system, same place. And that is just about to finish. So I've submitted my dissertation to my supervisor. Nice. And yeah, basically that's me. So a mixture of uni and seminary of Islamic studies. And you also kind of give lectures and do various podcasts. And oh my God, yes, I do media. that as well. I totally forgot. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I try to give lectures as well in the community, try to be active. That's one of the uh, things that I personally enjoy the most. Yeah. Because academic work, I love it, but uh, it's not as fun as when you meet people, talk to them interactive discussions, Q&As. Yeah. So yeah, I think if I want to say my, what my passion is, is my community work is my passion mainly. That's cool. And we um, we actually met up a, a, 
I don't know if it was a couple of months. It feels like ages ago, but we, we had a coffee once upon a time. You're looking at me very worried. I'm not going to, there's no deep dark secrets. No, no, here. I'm just trying to remember. Uh, yeah, yeah, remember and find information that so I can use against you. you, rem- you no, no, I remember. You were actually have, uh, doing an intermittent fasting, so oh. we had to wait <laughs> okay, for you. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> That's enough detail, I think, for the listeners. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you do remember us meeting. And I think what was very interesting for me at the time um, was you, you had like a very. Uh, different perspective on things um, when it comes to the community and the direction that we need to go in and the approach and everything else. Um, and so I thought it would be good to kind of try and pick up that conversation today. Um, and, and we had a chat last week as well, just before this sure. to kind of prep a little bit. Sure. And I want to jump straight in with, with something that I found quite controversial from, from uh, Sheikh. Yeah. Um, we were talking about uh, the culture of questioning. Yes. Um, and how that's like a really important thing for us as individuals. Yes. Um, and you said that, I think I'm not going to, I don't want to misquote you, but you're here so you can correct me if I'm yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah. But you said something along the lines of the fact that people should follow their conscience or the, where, where their mind takes them when it comes to belief and whatever else. Yeah. Even if that's away from Islam. Yeah. If that is, yeah, exactly, with that condition, if it is against Islam. So, yeah, I, I stand by that. Uh, I think the main commitment we have is to truth. Yeah. And uh, if you're a Muslim, then that's very easy to accept because we accept that God is haq, right? If God is the truth, then by following the truth, you're getting closer to God and you shouldn't be afraid of where that takes you. And um, it's... Uh, it's been also a very important part of my personal journey. Um, you know, I was, uh, I think around 17, 18 years old. Because, you know, the reason I went to study about Islam was mainly my own questions. Like, I was like, there are so many things that just doesn't make sense to me or I want to understand uh, mm. deeper. I had so many questions that the answers uh, people around me would give me at the time were not convincing. So I was like, okay, let me learn more about this. Then I remember I was like 18 or 19 and I went, went to my father because my father is also a scholar of um, Islam. So I was like, Dad, I have this question. We, we, I think we talked about two hours and I wasn't convinced. And I was like, no, I don't believe in this. And I still have question. Like, I have to be convinced. Yeah. And he was like, sure. What else do you expect? Um, go and go and go and read more about it. Go think more about it. And he was not, you know, stressed or nervous at all. And I left the house thinking, wow, this guy is so confident in his religion, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm here throwing all these questions, saying, I don't, like, I need answers about this. And that gave me so much confidence. Okay, so my religion is in a way that it doesn't shy away from being, you know, questions, from research, from thinking, from reading. Mm. So that one second of confidence that he showed which has always been there, of course, but that was like the peak of it that I saw has been so helpful to me and my attitude towards religion. Yeah. Yeah, so... Do you, it's interesting because I'm, I'm kind of thinking about my own experience and I think I've probably mentioned it on the podcast before and, and I talk about this quite a lot because I think it's quite important and we're in a, a very interesting time yeah. um, in terms of like from, from my, my personal um, family experience, having come here as second, third generation migrants, whatever, yeah. from East Africa. Yeah. Um, religion and community was like the one thing to hold on to that maintained yeah. our identity. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of that meant, and, and for a lot of people that come from all different walks of lives and, and I mean, you know, the Muslim community here. Yeah. 
the anchor to our our Muslim and religious identity is those beliefs. Yeah. And so if you're going to go to your parent or mm. even your madrasa teacher or the local imam or whatever yeah. and ask too many questions, yeah, yeah. like often you'll, you'll not literally, but you'll get slapped. Back. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? The metaphorical the slap. Metaphorical, let's be clear. The metaphorical slap we're talking about here. But, you know, th there will be that, that resistance. Like, oh, you shouldn't ask Absolutely. too many yeah, yeah, yeah. questions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's why I think, number one, it's refreshing. And, and uh, there is a lot of this now today where people are saying that, oh, it's important that we uh, question. Mm -hmm. And everyone says, yes, you should question, you should question. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then you kind of took it a step further, you know, on, on our call and you were like, even if that leads you away from Islam. And I think that's, it's interesting because I, I, th I guess how you've just unpacked it is you're then saying that, well, if we have so much conviction in our faith, yeah. then, then we shouldn't be scared of, of unturning any stone. Exactly. Um, and, and everything will kind of be Yeah, because if you think your religion is true, yeah. then, and on your journey of seeking truth, you should eventually lead there, right? So there's nothing to be worried about. And But, you know, I really get what you're saying about the metaphorical slap of how this uh, trying to find answers that make sense to you, questioning is not very much appreciated. Mm. I think I got really lucky that my father was like that. I don't yeah. think many people... Um, have the same um, privilege but it, it definitely helps that he himself is a scholar because he's, he's done all the reading he's got all the answers yeah and, and that he told me that was his personal journey as well yeah that you know he, the reason he started studying about islam was his own questions mm. and i often find the scholars that you can relate to that you know their answers are more you know convincing are the ones who have had their own personal journey and sometimes it takes years. Like, you know, I've had questions which took me 10 years to come to the answers to. Mm. But I never gave up. But unfortunately, the problem you said you were having and a lot of people have is still there. And it really breaks my heart. That's one of the things I've, I'm hoping I can devote my life to fixing. Um, the other day, a nice um, person from the community messaged me, someone who I have so much respect for. But then the thing they said really you know um affected me they were like yeah they were like really upset about their child my child is like this teenager this mm. is so like what's wrong with your child like wh what have they done and uh, she was saying that yeah he's asking too much questions he's reading a lot and i was like huh? is that a problem it's like okay what if he stops what if he stops believing i was like what kind of message are you sending your mm. child that by reading a few books like that's how fragile our belief is that by reading a few books you know so i was like what god has given you is a smart talented kid who cares about his religion enough to go and read about it instead of like being grateful you're worried you're upset and she was really looking down at this kid and I was like, wow, this, you know, like this kind of attitude is something we really need to, really need to work on. Okay. That's interesting because I, I, I was actually listening to, I, I can't remember because I have too many conversations and too many things that I listen to and whatever else. Of course. I don't know if it was a podcast or if I was in a session sitting with some, some uh, brothers and we were discussing this. Yeah. But someone was talking about how, um, like the, the, I think, yeah, okay, so this was a podcast. So I'm just remembering what was said <laughs> now. So the the like the BBC Department of Religion. Okay. Um within there, you've just got like a bunch of atheists. All right. That are like their job is to talk, talk about, about religion. religion. Yeah, yeah. But like or, or, or like, you know, the producers I'm talking about, but they don't really believe. care about religion or believe anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and then and then sorry, so there were there are two stories here. This is why it's actually it makes sense now in my head. Sorry. Um so the second sorry, I'll I'll give you time to work this yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, no, but, <laughs> 
So the, the, the second narration um, uh, was I, I was in like a, a setting where uh, someone was talking about how his wife is studying um, either religion or philosophy mm. at university. Yeah. Um, and basically, again, everyone is atheist and people are leaving the faith yeah. after like studying this stuff. Yeah. Because they're just, you know, it, philosophy specifically yeah. kind of messes with your brain a little bit. Um, my, as in this is this is the way that it's painted and, and what's yeah. interesting and I've seen it as well I've seen people who have gone to funnily enough Oxford, uh, Oxford and Cambridge for example yeah. and, and just being in like an intellectually charged environment yeah. Um, have like figured that they know all the answers yeah. and that Islam is is not the truth. And and, 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 and I, I see this kind of correlation between, acad- honestly, between academia and <laughs> and, and falling away from, from religion and believing other things. Yeah. Now, my question is this, yeah. right? Do your foundations need to be at a certain place? And this is the thing, because you know, th- like that mother's concern, I guess, yeah. is that her foundations are probably shaky. Yeah. Her son's foundations are, are at an impressionable age, also very shaky. Yeah. Um, and so she's worried that yeah. he'll read something more convincing. He'll hear something more convincing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that will be it. Yeah, yeah, of course. So how, like, how, how does that work? I know it's a, it's, it's not a real question, but like, no, no, no. I, explain. I, 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 I actually, I think you, uh, you mentioned a very, very, very important point. It, I think it goes at the heart of, of what we're discussing here. You know, there are um, one of the very, very, very important things that we have to bear in mind is that there's a difference between good intentions and um, good approaches. So people may have great, sincere, lovely, beautiful butterfly intentions, which result to a lot of damage. Mm. So, for example, with regards to a lot of parents, the way they're trying to help their religion, their children with regards to their religion, there's great intentions there. Like, I, there's, I have no judgment whatsoever, right, for that mother or other parents. They really care. They want their religion. They want their children to uh, not lose their faith, etc., because it means so much to them, etc. But the problem is that we haven't helped them. We haven't given a model to such parents on how best to protect their children and to make sure that their faith remains strong. See, most of these parents come from, or we can say the way at least they kept the religion was through a kind of, we can say that a single voice. If you're in a community or if you're in a country that it is possible to only hear one single voice, right? The best way to pass on an idea to your child may be that, okay, let me not, if there's this one book that is saying anything against this single voice, Mm. right? Let me just remove this. Yeah, That's what they're doing. So, but this only works if you're in a place where it's possible to do that. Like in some countries, that's very possible, even right now. The whole country shares the same faith. Certain books are banned. You know, even certain websites are censored. So you can clearly easily do this with your children. As soon as something comes that you think they may not, uh, you know, it may shake their foundations, you remove it. Mm. So in that kind of environment, what you're trying to do to pass on your uh, understanding or your values is to make sure that this is kept being repeated and repeated and repeated and anything other than this is removed. 
But that will not work in a society like this at all. Mm. Instead, it's going to have the opposite. Now, this is why people, when some people, when they go to academia, they, they may lose their religion. Why? If at home, instead of being told how to think, all your parents are telling you is that you have to do what I'm telling you. You have to believe in what I believe in. You Ultimately, you're, not, you're told what to think as opposed to ex- how to think. Exactly. So all you learn is that I have to get my beliefs from my authority. Once you're at home, your authority is parents. As soon as you go to uni, the, un- the authority figures change, mm. right? So if, for example, your supervisor happens not to be believing in religion or thinks that Quran was, I don't know, late- written later on, immediately you believe in that. You haven't been given the, you know, the the power to think independently for yourself at home. So in a society in which there's many voices, if you want your children's values to be protected, the main important thing you can give them is to think critically, think independently, and this would make sure wherever they go, they're going to be fine. So, and this is another example in which, you know, great intentions, the opposite outcomes. It's interesting because on like a social level, yeah. I've seen exactly what you're describing. Yeah. Um, so similarly, if we use the university uh, metaphor or example, I know kids, for example, especially in my community that come from East Africa, yeah. that have born in East Africa, raised there. Yeah. They come here for university. They've lived a sheltered life their whole time, their whole lives. Yeah. They come here, their parents are thousands of miles away. Yeah. And then they just go wild at uni. Yeah. Um, and it's not that they were... Like, so, you know, they were good boys back home. They didn't get into any trouble. They weren't doing any haram or whatever. Mm. The second they come here and they have that liberty and freedom, they just run wild. Yeah. A- and I think a lot of that is not because they were told why the haram is bad. Exactly. Actually, they were just told, don't do this. It's bad. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of people, interestingly, when you kind of finish the journey, they realize the, the error of their ways later mm. on in life. And they see that and they regret and they have you know, deep regrets for what they've done in that in that time. Yeah. But a lot of that then, I guess, comes down to not having the building blocks from early on. Yeah. Um, so moving the conversation on a little bit, how how does this then translate into how we view religion? Mm-hmm. Um, what I mean by that is, like, I think everyone has a very unique um, relationship with God, yeah. with, with Islam, with Deen, with with how we Absolutely. practice, with what we consider to be religious, Absolutely. not religious, and everything else. Yeah. Um, but what is the kind of what's the baseline? I guess like what are, what are the core fundamentals, and how 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 do we look at religion in a different way? Because I feel like it's just become either like a, a cultural identity, yeah, um, or it's become like for me at least an OCD for people. <laughs> Um, especially looking at like the the fifth side of things. Oh yeah, I have to do this, and this has to oh, be yeah. there. And I I I have I know quite a few sheikhs, and um, I do sometimes ask them what are the the weirdest things you've been asked. Yeah. Um. And and the questions get like like bordering on bizarre. Mm. Um. And it's it's just because people build up. See, anyway, I'm, I'm getting sort of now. Sidetracked. I can't wait to know what they are. Afterwards, <laughs> I'll tell you some. I'll tell you some of the more fun stories afterwards. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I mean, any thoughts on on that? Yeah, so um, it's a very important point you mentioned there, although I'm very much distracted by those bizarre questions, (laughs) but I'll try to focus, focus that one. Um, God, there are so many ways of 
um, talking about this. First of all, is it okay if I just put a disclaimer disclaimer out there? I should have mentioned this in the beginning. Yeah. Um, because you know, many people may um, well, obviously they don't know me. Uh, they don't know like where am I coming from? What 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 are my intentions, etc. So I just want to say out that um, I m most of why why most of all of all of what I try to do. Mm -hmm is is what do we call it motivated by my passion for you know for god for humanity for this religion like even when i say people should think it's i'm not in any way attacking the religion that's one thing um i just want them to benefit more from it right and when you say and i've also seen this a lot that the kind of things from religion that becomes important to people sometimes are maybe not even the secondary things you know the priorities are forgotten the main things that religion wants to give us have been forgotten we're focusing on things we're obsessing over things which are in know, in the next levels of importance that really makes me want to help and change this and another disclaimer i want to say is that whatever i say is my own understanding of islam and in no way i'm trying to force that on anyone uh, there's a high chance that in few years i'll or maybe in a few months, my understanding would change. All right, now, having said all of those, um, I think one of the things that happened, um, Salim, is that okay if I call you with your name? Or oh, Of course. Yeah? yeah it's public knowledge boss? on this podcast. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, no, no, as in like, if I have the permission have, to the, use the, personal. Of course, please. Um, you know, as an Iranian, that's very difficult for me to do. Oh, really? Yeah. Even now with my supervisor to call him like by his personal name, because yeah. in Iran, you don't do that. You always go with surname. Okay. So it's like, it's a challenge for me. Anyways. I mean, we can come up with a different name for me. I'm happy to like have no, a title. No, no. <laughs> Your majesty. <laughs> this is so, oh, yeah, sure, sure, <laughs> sure. Um, so, yeah. What was I even saying, Salim? Uh, your oh, okay. Your I was saying the the place that you were saying uh, about the bizarre questions, etc., etc. People yeah. ask from their sheikhs. I think all of this goes back to where did we get our information from religion, right? Where is the source for our information? Most people, if they think about it, they've probably heard a few things from their parents. So a bulk of their religion comes from their parents. Mm -hmm. They've been to mosques a few times. They've seen a few YouTube videos. So it's not really, we can say, a structured understanding of religion. And we have collected pieces of information from here and there, sometimes even contradictory information. We've put it there and we're living our life based on this information like in no other field in life we do this mm -hmm. imagine if like our like our doctors did this you know our f physicians for example all their knowledge about medicine was through their parents uncles mosque <laughs> or youtube videos yeah it would have been chaos but with regards to religion which in some ways could be even more important that's what we do and there is no guarantee that the kind of priorities that our parents give us or those YouTube videos give us or the parts of religion which they emphasize on are the parts which are actually more important. So I think at for every single person, Muslim, non-Muslim, atheist, theist, at one point in their life, they have to fix this issue. 
And that is when their faith goes from being an inherited faith or even inherited atheism, right? Because a lot of people could also be atheists inherited from their parents. Not, it's not like their own journey, not their own search. Yeah. So at one point you have to decide that, you know what, I'm gonna do my own research. And before this, the chances that you're doing it right are very, very, very small. So I would say the way for us to uh, fix that issue is perhaps to encourage people to go and figure out for themselves again, why are they believing in this? What is it actually? Like one of the questions which may say, what is Islam even, right? What is Islam? What does Islam mean? It's very interesting to ask this from people and see what are the, right? Believe me, just thinking about this question, really going for it, reading about it, thinking about it's, it, it opens doors. It opens doors. So this is why I keep saying that we should question, we should think, right? Because if we don't do that, then the kind of things which are important for us are not things which are original to us, not things which matter in the world. And um, yeah. I, as you were saying that, I was just thinking it's interesting because it, you almost segregate it as active Muslims and passive Muslims, mm -hmm. um, where passive Muslims are, are people like me, for example, who have been brought up in a in a Muslim household mm. um, and have, sorry, our, our coffee machine is just making some noise. Okay. Um, yes, oh, it's so. It's not done yet. I don't know if this even pick up on the mics, but anyway, so we'll just take yeah. a little break. All right, I'll start that bit again. Yeah. Um, so I was saying that it's interesting that you almost segregate it as active and passive Muslims. Um, for me, passive Muslims are those who kind of have either been born into the faith um, or, or even, I guess, you mentioned interestingly in your like, disclaimer, this notion of time passing mm. and where like today I could be an active Muslim in five years time or in five months time, mm. I could become a passive Muslim mm. where actually I'm not actively thinking and reassessing and reevaluating everything that i hold to be true yeah um which is like a life journey yeah and and yeah. that's i mean it's it's i don't want to say disheartening but it kind of makes it a bit more difficult mm. when you switch from thinking that actually islam's not just something you discover when you convert or when you like finally get quote unquote religious and start reading about the faith but it's a yeah. it's a lifetime journey yeah and you know what i held to be true when I was 18, 20, 25, yeah. I don't hold to be true anymore. Yeah. Um, and there's like a constant evolution there. It but that can be, be scary. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very much so. But the opposite is even more scary. What's the opposite? The opposite is if Death. you don't change. No, oh. you're saying change is scary. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. what if you don't change? What if you remain wrong? Yeah. Right? That is even scarier. Especially, uh, you know, concern, uh, concerning what is at stake here, right? It's... Um, it, not only our salvation, not only the way we act in the world, um, this is the main and most important capital we have our life. And religion is in a way how we go about using this capital. Um, so if our information is wrong, that's the scariest risk. Um, so change is also very scary. Like throughout your journey of trying to seek the truth, there's gonna be some very dark nights and days. Um, your foundations sometimes are shaking. You have to build new systems, new foundations, everything. Yeah. So it can be really scary. But the opposite is even scarier. The, the idea that you could be wrong. You know, there's this verse in the Quran, which is very powerful. It says, do you know who are the unluckiest or who are the... Unluckiest is my, what do we call it? Um, I have free translation. 
It says those who thought in the world that they're doing good, but later on they realized they were wrong. Imagine spending 60, 70 years doing things which are probably even not easy. And then at the end of the day, someone said, you know what? You're actually scoring on goal, my friend. And I think for a lot of people, that's, that's what happens if we don't do our research. Mm. And for me, the idea of passive and active, that's one thing. And another thing is, as it's like the distinction I had in mind was the distinction between inherited faith and the faith that you own, acquired. Yeah. Right? There are so many challenges with an inherited faith. One of the things is that you don't own the answers. They don't come from inside you, so they don't really move you. Right? Like, for example, you, yeah. No, I, I really like that, that you yeah. don't own the answers. You're just given them. Yeah. Um, and it's it's so true that when when someone tells you something, mm. as opposed to you finding out for yourself, yeah, there's like a much deeper conviction inside you that like this is this is true, yeah, because I know it to be true, not I've been told it's true, yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, carry on. No, 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 exactly. You know, there are certain realities in the world which cannot be transferred through words, and religion is mainly like that. So. You can say, for example, God is the greatest. But that can mean absolutely nothing in your life if you, if you haven't reached it yourself. If you're going through a problem and it doesn't occur to you that God is bigger than this problem. Or the idea that, for example, there are so many things in religion, you know, sometimes um, you hear people say interesting things. Once a friend of mine came and he said, I was praying. And I was saying, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen in my prayer. And suddenly it occurred to me, damn, I'm talking to the Lord of the universe? What? For the first time in his life, he felt this. And made huge impact on him. So, oh my God, I'm actually talking to the creator? Now, even if they ask him the day before, what does Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen mean? He definitely knew what it means. But it meant zero to him in life. Mm. So this is one of the main problems when it's inherited. The teachings are there, but it, they add nothing to your life. They don't, and in so many ways, so for example, even in the Quran, it says, right? Prayer is there to help you um, make less mistakes, less bad things, become a better person. But how many people do we know around us who as a result of their prayer have changed? I know so many people, so many people who stopped um, and they didn't change much, right? Now, the answer is not to stop. The answer is to figure out how, how can this prayer change me, right? If that's, what, if that's your Quran, which says your prayer is meant to turn you into a better person, and you've been praying, what, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and no impact whatsoever, you're the same person, and I'm not saying you're a bad person, but I'm saying, are you better as a result of your prayer? Am I better as a result of my prayer? Am I any different to my classmates who are not praying, to my colleagues who are not praying? If not, then again, this is another sign of inherited. Why not? Why is this not impacting me, right? Because I haven't owned it. I don't know how to do it. And there are some very simple ways in which, you know, there are simple things that we we, what do we call it? We ignore when we don't own things, when we haven't reached it ourselves. For example, we say, I keep trying to mention things that we all do, like, I mean, we're all familiar with. Otherwise, there are so many examples. 
right? This is a phrase that any Muslim who prays has to say it in their prayer. Like the only surah you have to do in your prayer. What does it mean? Like, guide me towards the right path, right? Well, you're saying this sentence so many times every day. How is this adding anything to your life? Why is this even important, right? A person who has an inherited faith, they don't care. They've just been told you have to say this. But when you're trying to move away from something that others have told you, it's like, why am I doing this? Like, okay, actually, hang on a second. Why am I telling God every day that guide me to the right path? Now, this on its own is enough to take person on a journey of seeking. Because this is the distinction between two groups of people. The ones who thinks just by following a religion, they got it. Right? If you, because uh, I divide religious people into two groups. Those who think just because they believe in a set of, you know, propositions, that's it. They have salvation. You know, just because I'm a Muslim, I'm going to go to the good place. I'm sorted. And the ones who say no, as actually your journey starts after you believe in religion, which is what you were saying, right? The idea that it's a journey, etc. But unfortunately, many of us fall into the, the first category. Mm. And this really affects the way we benefit from religion. It minimizes it. So even it shows itself in the way they translate the Quran. They read, It doesn't occur to them that maybe the reason God asks you to tell every day that should guide me towards the right path, that the right path is not that clear. It's something that you have to figure out slowly, slowly as you go on every day. So the, you know, it, it, it's your ongoing journey and struggle till the last day of your life to figure out what's the best way to live in this world. That's why God asked you to ihtina sirat al-mustaqim. But the first group who think they already got everything, they say, no, this means that keep me on the right path, right? If you look at some of the translations of the Quran, even they've changed ihtina, which means guide us to keep us. It's like, I'm already here, I'm on the right path. Right, so keep me on the right path. Wow. See how huge difference this makes, right? Again, the ones who are, you know, um, who uh, you are not mad at and the ones who are not lost. Again, the first group who think they are on the right path, they have salvation. They're like, okay, who are these anyone who's not like us? So even if you look at some of the tafasir, they mention the other groups. Right, but but you know, in, in other words, they think a, a Muslim is meant to pray every day. So I'm so happy I'm me. Keep me me, and don't make me others. Yeah. As opposed to the other approach, which is so much stronger. Every day you remind yourself that no, I have to try harder. I have to learn more. I have to think more, and that I have never a guaranteed salvation. Any day I can make a mistake. Or even right now, I could be making mistakes. So you see, this idea of inherited faith and acquired faith makes huge differences. And one of them is this idea that some people think they own their salvation, they've got it, and some think that, no, we have to own it. And uh, we, there are other examples as well that I can give. You know, it, this impacts everything we do, everything. Uh, if you remember on that uh, phone call, I was telling you that we pay so much price for religion, we don't benefit much from it. One of the reasons is this, you know, I always say that religion is like a Ferrari that 
you're going five miles per hour with many of us, right? You're paying all that price, but you're not benefiting from it. Why? Much of the problem comes from this idea that this distinction between those who think they've got the salvation guaranteed and those who, the people who think they already are going to the good place. I'm, I'm, I'm sorted, right? Even when they want to read Quran, they don't benefit from it as much as they can. I'm not saying nothing, but as why? Because if you already think you're going to heaven, you're right, everything about you is right, the only problem you have is maybe you have to like work a little bit on your recitation of the Quran. Then when you open the Quran, do you really need to learn anything more? Do you really need to um, look there for ideas that can help humanity in any way? No, you're already on the right path. You just told God, keep me here, right? So that's why the only reason this group goes to the Quran is to just to get sabab, mm. which if you think about it, it's a huge disrespect to the Quran and this is again going back to the discussion I said we can hold contradictory information on the one hand we say this book is the guide for humanity but on the other hand we never go there to get any information right so we only go there to get savab or like grandma has passed away we go there read a few verses just so that you know we get a few savab um and this all goes back because we think we're sorted. We don't feel like we need this anymore. That's what we're saying, basically. I, I feel the need to speak just because it's been a while. Um, and, and that's not to, I, I was like, I, I want you to carry on. Like this is fascinating. No, no. I, I use the word adjective. I use the adjective fascinating too much, yeah. but this is like mind blowing um, in terms of just looking at such little details in our prayer yeah. um, that I have probably never considered. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people also that are listening to this just wouldn't have kind of thought about. Um, and it's interesting that you also mentioned earlier and also further to kind of our chat yeah. a few months back, you were saying that you, this is like your life's work. Yeah. Um, and the frustration that I had, and I still have with that, is that you were saying that you don't want to put stuff out there until you've you're happy with it oh yeah i don't know if you remember this yes, and you're yeah, content yeah. Yeah, yeah and i feel like even I, I can't remember there was there was other things we were discussing and you were saying that you know like you want to put together books and this and that and and you also said that in in one way our scholars have failed us as people mm. um because they haven't provided the kind of framework and the tools for the growth and development that the community needs i think loosely is what you were saying right yeah, yeah. um so a couple of things and like I'm, I'm still trying to, to gather my thoughts out and process everything you just said because it was yeah. uh, a, a little bit overwhelming but in a very good way mm -hmm. um, so with regards to how us as individuals I mean what's I, I guess great for yourself is that you've been able to dedicate your life to study yeah um, to academia yeah, yeah I'm very um, lucky with that and, and and as part of that you're also studying Islam yeah. Um, which makes it like, you know, you're, you're doing what every individual in this room needs to do um, in our daily lives whilst doing our jobs and being with our families and all of that kind of stuff. How, how can people find the time and the means to kind of really dig deep in the way that you've just like done? You've presented something that I don't think people can just, you can't just, re as you said, these things aren't transmitted by words. Yeah. This is like hours of reflection and thinking yeah. and, and like really digging deep. Yeah. Um. And, and we also wanted to kind of discuss today uh, the how we can, I guess, you know, the 
21st century millennial generation in yeah. the West, in the kind of, a lot of people probably is listening to this on their commute to work. Yeah, yeah. Um, how can those people in the hustle yeah. really connect with the Quran, uh, with Islam, with their religion and like, you know, reaffirm their beliefs? Yeah. Because uh, everything you've come out with, it's not, you can't just read that. And I mean, that's that's there from like actually spending time on it. Yeah. That's the thing that I struggle with as well. Yeah. Because again, you go to a lecture, you get inspired, you watch a YouTube video, you get inspired. Yeah. Um, but it's like that, uh, we have a saying, which I'm not going to repeat in my kind of native tongue, but it's about like, you know, the the, the fizz that comes out of a Coke bottle. Mm. Like you shake up a bottle of Coke, mm -hmm. you open it and there's this sudden burst. Yeah. And then after that, it's just all a bit flat. I see. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. that's the feeling you get. Like, yeah. oh, you've just pumped me up. Like, my next salah is going to be the best salah of my life. <laughs> and then, awesome. like, this evening, it's just going to be like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> keep us on the right yeah, path. <laughs> keep us, yeah, I'm on the right path, everyone else, you know. It's, yeah. just, it's just a reminder. So, yeah, I, no, I mean, sure. please. Wow. Um, yeah, sure. So, um, by the way, you said some people may listen to this on their way to work. Have a great day at work. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're on the way back, then I hope it was a productive day. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. Sorry. Well, if you're going back, it doesn't really matter. Just <laughs> chill. Um, anyways. Um, yeah. So it's true. I have been lucky that um, this is basically my life's work. That everyone is taking one, what do we call it? One part of the job because we're all helping each other, right? Yeah. Uh, I hope that ideally everyone's trying to um, decrease suffering in the world, help humanity, et cetera, et cetera. But I've been lucky that this has been my life. But it hasn't come easy, Salim. Like certain things, it's taken me years, right? So, uh, for example, why do we say subhanallah? What does it mean, right? I know what it means, but... Why should I care? Why should I say it? How does it change me? This one perhaps took me eight, nine years to figure it out. And I'm not even sure if I got the answer right, but I got something that works for me. Yeah. Right? I've got yeah, something you that- You to share that with us? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But let me just finish this point, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. I'll go back to that. But I'm saying, so why am I saying, I'm not trying to like brag or anything, because that's not even something to brag about. It took me nine years. If it shows anything, it's that I'm quite dumb. But- I'm trying to say is that many of these answers will only come to a person who cares enough mm. about the question and also has believes, you know, that has enough respect for herself or himself not to be satisfied with answers that don't make sense, right? Because the problem is that once you have certain questions, you say, okay, you know what? I listened to this guy. I'm going to go do my research ask my questions your experience is going to be so disappointing because probably the first people you go to i'm mean, like what do you mean what does this mean it just means this the first kind of answers you're going to hear are going to be so undermining right now you have two options either you say okay fair enough i went did research nah there's not much out there say no this guy didn't have what i wanted let me go and ask more let me go and ask someone else now the part that I said scholars have failed us, and I don't mean them, like even I consider myself as part of this group have failed people, like it's not an attack on others, yeah, it's yeah. an attack at myself, is that we haven't provided these answers already. Like the standard sometimes of discussion is very low. The standard of answers that we give people is very low. But if we have more than people, Salim, 
who go and ask questions and are not satisfied with the answers. Like, nah, this doesn't make sense to me, man. Give me a better one. Slowly, slowly, we can raise the level of understanding in our community. The scholar has to study more, has to think more, has to read more. And the person who's asking the question, was first of all, they can read on their own as well, but also they should um, bring their expectations up, right? They should raise their expectations. No one should be allowed to, for a long time, give answers which don't make sense. Once or twice, fair enough. But the third time, you have to go do your work, right? Like you, like you're, for example, you guys here in the Muslim vibe, you're working really hard, making sure everything is great. I don't know, the articles you put out there, so your social media, the podcast. Everyone has to do the same. The scholars have to do the same. So part of what people can do is not be satisfied with answers. Know that it's worth it. It may take long, but it's worth it. And slowly, slowly, by you going out, by you asking, you're also raising the standard of the community. Right, so slowly, slowly, the mm. kind of content. Because right now, even someone may go and watch a YouTube video. It's so interesting and see, oh, this isn't what I wanted. Slowly, slowly, the YouTube videos would be better. The lectures in the mosque would be better. The discussions you have with your friends would be better. So you know that part of it is just not giving up, knowing that some of these questions are worth the time spent on them. Mm. For me, Subhanallah was like that. Now I, I think it's a good time to say this. You know, I um. One of the constant themes of my life has been to uh, see some of my loved ones go through the worst sufferings from chronic illnesses to depression to so many real sufferings. And I've seen this from childhood. And, you know, it really breaks you at, at, at some point when, you know, it's harder to see others in pain than yourself being in pain. So the problem of evil, the problem of suffering, why is there suffering in the world? Why are there people really going through difficulties? Has always been there with me. That's one of the reasons I even uh, went into comedy for a while, because at some point in my life, I, I, there's nothing I can do for my friends and family who are in pain. The only thing I can do is make them laugh for a little while. Because, you know, when someone's in chronic pain, there's not much you can do. Mm -hmm. The pain is going to be there, whether you're there or not. So I would do the weirdest things when I was like a teenager. I was like, my jokes weren't that funny. So I was like, okay, let them laugh at me. So I would walk into walls just to make my brother smile for a second. Wow. You know, like I was known as a, as a clown for, for a while because I thought that's the only thing I can do to make his life a little bit less difficult. Mm -hmm. But this question was always there with me, even after I went to the seminary to learn about Islam, it was always there. And I realized that a lot of the times the answers that we were given in the theology classes were not convincing at all. Like, why is, why is there a problem? And why is my brother going through that? You know, once I, because, um, you know, also in, in my country, the facilities for disabled people are very minimal. Now it's getting a little bit better, but terrible compared to, for example, here. Um, imagine at night you realize you suddenly like you're you're reading your books etc you suddenly realize oh my god I haven't seen Reza in a, lot, in, in a while where is he and Reza's my brother I said like where is he mom where is Reza I'm like he took he went to take a shower and we realize oh my god it's been a few hours he hasn't come out so we go there we realize that he's fallen uh, this was in the beginning of his illness growing 
because as he grew, his illness became worse. He had fallen, but he was shy to call in Yafas because he was a teen, uh, like in those years where he had a lot of pride. And he just sat there crying in the shower. And I see this, it, you know, it tears my heart into pieces. And then the next day, for example, I'm going to my seminary. We have a theology class and we're discussing, for example, problem of evil, problem of suffering. Why is there, a pro- why is there evil in the world? And sometimes the kind of answers they would give me, I was like, dude, you haven't seen your brother like this, that you're happy with this answer. It doesn't make sense. And one of the things that I kept insisting on was like, I am not going to give the same answer they gave me to a person who's going through similar situation because I just know this answer is not enough. So often I would tell them, I don't know. I don't know. Why is there suffering? I don't know. And believe me, don't think if you're listening right now that I don't know the kind of answers you have in your mind. I know all of them, right? But none of them worked at that time for me. Now, because you know, like they say the issue of tests, the issue of, I don't know, I know every single one of them. But now let's go to SubhanAllah. One day, I'm really heartbroken because this is something I've been dealing with for, for many years now. I'm heartbroken, I'm praying, and I'm saying SubhanAllah, and it suddenly occurred to me that basically by saying SubhanAllah, we're saying what? We're saying nothing bad can be attributed to God, right? So I'm like, why does God want me to say this in every prayer? Because this is something that you say a lot, especially, for example, uh, subhanAllah, subhanAllah, why do I have to keep saying this? And then it hit me, oh, wow, hang on a second. Maybe, 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 this question is so difficult for our mind to answer that God just wanted us to have a daily reminder of him telling, like, Javad, I know this is so difficult. I know you love your brother and I know you love me too. And you don't know how to reconcile these two. You don't understand why this is happening, right? But just accept it from me that subhanAllah, i.e., I am not bad. There is an answer for it of why this is happening in the world, right? Because in most of the ways they explain it, still you, if they, for example, say God has the power to remove it, then why is he not? Mm. Is God bad? Is it? So he's saying, I know at this point you can't understand it, but believe me, I, I am not bad. I wouldn't want to hurt you or your brother, right? So this idea that I get your question, the, your pain, your challenge, I validate it, and I want you every day to know that I wouldn't do anything bad to you. That's what subhanAllah basically means. And I hope one day will come when you find the answer, right? So for me, this idea that God cares enough about me to tell me every day that I wouldn't do anything bad to you, right? That's one of the meanings of subhanAllah. That's why, at least my personal interpretation. That was huge to me. Now, no matter what happens, how difficult life is, after I go do my prayer, it gives me a new kind of energy. Before, it was just a burden. You have to do this, like a checklist. Now, at least the subhanAllah part reminds me of that my God cares about me more than my theology teachers. They just wanted to, you know, defend themselves or defend their books. But God cares about me to say that, you know what? Maybe I, maybe there's no answer at the point at this point. I want you to feel at least correctly. And this is another reason why I think 
That questioning is so important, Salim, because sometimes the best way they can help people is to tell them that I don't know the answer. Some of the answers we give people damage them. We think we're defending religion, but what's the harm in saying, I love this religion, but there's part of it I don't know. Inshallah, later on we'll understand. Right? So uh, for many years, if someone asked me about the issue of suffering, I'd say, I don't know. I don't know. That's way better than giving them an answer which doesn't go all the way to the bottom of their heart. Mm. Even if they's in front of you, like, okay, okay, it's an issue of test, okay. It wouldn't go to the bottom of their heart, right? Because many, many people have told me, they go to their sheikh or their ustad or say, why is my, for example, we just got married. This one happened in Cambridge, actually. They, a couple, we were all hoping they get together. They, they got married, everything. As soon as they got married, the girl got cancer. Terminal. And they had to go through this now. And they, you know, this filled them with questions, with anger, with everything. Now, the kind of answers they would get is that, okay, either someone would say test. The immediate question after that is that, why is God testing me through this? If he's all powerful, why couldn't he test me in a way that doesn't require my wife to die? Right? Say, well, this is your test. Well, why not another test? Doesn't God have the power to create another test? Mm. Or they would say, no, this is for your growth. The immediate question after that is that, okay, if God is all powerful, couldn't he provide me the opportunity for growth in another way that doesn't require this? So see, whatever answer you give, there is always a comeback. There's always a comeback. But usually these people, when they go to someone and they ask a question, they say, it's a test. They don't tell the comeback. They keep that comeback in their heart and it always annoys them. It always annoys them. It always remains there. But what's wrong with saying, I don't know? And if you really don't know, if the answer is like that, that doesn't go to their heart, just say, I don't know, right? You're not doing religion any favor by defending it in a way that is not perfect, right? So you can't defend the truth by anything which is not true or by anything which is not strong. You're actually doing more damage because if you allow this person to go, there, it will be in the back of their mind that, yeah, maybe this day, one day this would figure out, this would make sense. But with an answer like that, they would always think, well, Religion doesn't really make sense, at least in this case. So that's also another reason why I always say that this questioning, this thinking is very important because sometimes for people, it's just how, you know, it shows how they spend the last moments and days of their life. What's going to be the relationship with God? Like this girl going through the terminal cancer, is she going to think that, well, God doesn't seem to be that loving after all? Or does she say, subhanAllah, my God cared, about, cared enough about me that he reminded me that no matter what they tell you, ignore that. I, your pain, your question, all of that is valid. And one day, hopefully, you'll understand why this happened. So, um, what's your relationship like with the word, or the phrase Alhamdulillah? Do you, no, I'm joking. We don't need to go. But in, I mean, <laughs> so that was, again, like, you've like, talked enough. <laughs> no, no it, I mean, it's just incredible. Anytime I ask you a question, you're just coming back with some like uh, incredible, deep and personal yeah. insight. And again, thank you for, for yeah. kind of opening up and sharing in that way. Because I think, it, as you say, like when we're able to kind of draw on personal experience and as you say, like when you talk to people about suffering, yeah. you've experienced a form of suffering. Yeah. You've come to your own resolution on it. And that's something that people, well, maybe they might feel differently about exactly. it but at least they know that you're speaking from a position of 
um, the heart as yeah. opposed to like, this is what the book says. Yeah. Um, and I think that's so, I mean, it's so refreshing to get to get an approach like that because mm-hmm. often, I mean, this is the thing, everything you've kind of presented today has been based on your own personal journey exactly. um, with Islam. And that doesn't mean that it's absolutely right exactly, or, yeah. or whatever, but it works for you. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's, like yeah, and that's why Salim I wanted everyone to have it as well yeah right no, because I, I you find it's... the answers that work for you right so if we can now flip it slightly just to finish time is getting we're almost coming up to an hour but sure. I, I don't think anyone would have any complaints um, if we can flip it we've talked about our relationship with Islam yeah um, now if we pose the question a slightly different way and ask um, what kind of person uh, Islam wants us to be, or Allah wants us to be. Yeah. Um, it, it, like, what's what's our what's our purpose? Mm. Because uh, again, um, I know so many people that kind of live day to day. Like you mentioned, you know, people on your way home from work, yeah. just get out, you know, do what you got to do. But often, what that what that is is they wake up early morning, they go yeah. to work, they come home, yeah, they have dinner, they spend a little bit of time with their kids if they have kids, or their spouse or yeah. their friends. They watch a bit of football, they watch a bit of Netflix, yeah. whatever. They sleep, they wake up, same thing the next day. Weekend, you get a little break yeah. and, and back on the grind. Yeah. How can we be more productive? Um, because I, I'm seeing it as well where like my time is just getting away from me. Mm. Like literally, I, 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 I remember Monday mm. and then the next thing I know it's Friday. I'm like, oh crap, like what's just happened? I've mm. lost three days of, of my week. What, what, what the hell's going on? Yeah, yeah. And likewise, my weekend... Yeah. Sunday night can't come slow. It's it's just there instantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, if if we if we flip it around that way and say, yeah, right, yeah. let's not for, let's not look at our relationship with the religion. But what does yeah yeah what does the religion want from us? What's our purpose? Yeah, um, and of course, again, uh, it goes without saying that this what I'm going to say is my own understanding. Uh, I'll, I'll just copy the disclaimer from before. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. So I think you know, there's you know a lot of the things in religion will only make sense after we understand this point and that is this that you i don't know what your name is are you salim, salim? no no i mean the, oh, i was talking there. to the listener not sorry, you sorry 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 <laughs> guys i'm so sorry he keeps uh, interfering our private conversation no whatever your name is whatever you do i believe religion and god want you to know that you are so, so important. We have this verse in the Quran that a trust has been given to humanity that nothing in this world could take on, right? It says we gave it to the skies, the mountains. None of them could take it. We gave it to humanity. Humanity has such an important role. In the other word, we have Khalifatullah, right? basically deputy of God on the earth. But the problem is that unlike every other being in this world, we are the only creation in this world whose destiny is in their own hand. This goes back to what I was also saying later on, what does Islam mean? This is what I think Islam means. Islam means, I think, to right? We had it there. That Islam means to face 
towards God, see what is it that you're meant to do in this world to fill this puzzle of creation and then do it. Every other being in this world is doing that. A tree becomes what a tree has meant to be. A bee does what a bee is meant to be. A mountain does what a mountain is meant to do. Every single being in this world in a way is Muslim because they're doing what they're meant to do. It's only humanity who has been given the power not to become what they can become, even though their role is the most important role, right? So I think religion actually starts when you accept this, when you accept that, oh my God, the same God who created everything thought that there's one of me needed for this world, not just one of me needed as well. He tells us that humans are the most important thing the role is the most important and then you're like oh my god i've got such an important thing such an important duty such an important role but also i have full power not to fulfill that that's why i think the uh, hereafter is called also yaumul hasra the day of regret because they showed you this is what you were meant to become right now this is, at this point, the issue of purpose starts, right? The issue that, oh my God, I have a huge role to play in this world. And religion didn't come to give me a few things, you know, like how to go to the toilet or what to do here, these some things, small things that we obsess over. No, the main thing is that it came to tell you that you matter so much. You are the one responsible for continuing the creation of this world. What we do today changes the world today. So that's why every single one of us has a share in creating the world. That's what Khalifatullah means. If you create this podcast today, tomorrow the world includes this, which means that you had your share in creating the world of tomorrow. Mm. Right? If that's one thing you did in one day, imagine your lifetime, the legacy of your life. How can that cre create things in the world? Now, once we know this, we realize, oh my God, this is such a huge responsibility, huge. What happens if we don't do this? Every single potential we have that we don't follow, that we don't actualize, leaves a gap in the world, right? And that gap leads to real, real, real suffering. Right? right now, someone has created this device that can lift disabled people from the ground if they fall, for example. It lifts them up to their chair level and they can sit. Imagine if this person didn't take their life seriously. It's not that he wouldn't have a good life. It meant that so many people would go through suffering because he didn't actualize his potential or her potential, right? Our laziness or our lack of purpose doesn't only affect us, leads to real suffering in the world. My brother can now get up from the floor because someone went and created that device, right? So this is what Khalifatullah means, that we get to sh take part in creating the world. It's very interesting. There's this, um, you know, it also, to link it back to the issue of suffering, you know, Prophet Yunus in the Quran, the one, you know, eaten by the fish. Um, a lot of the times people obsess with what kind of fish was this? How can a fish eat? You know, the kind of details which doesn't really matter 
with regards to the lesson that we have to give. The lesson you want to get from this story is that there's a prophet of God that does something that results to him being eaten by a fish. He's, basically, the idea was this, that he wasn't happy with his group. He's like, my community, there's so much wrong with them. He's eaten by the fish. And then in the belly of the fish, what does he say to come out? He says, La ilaha illa subhanaka it, well, God, there's no God but you, subhanaka. I did something wrong. How on earth is that relevant to the story, right? He was upset with his community. He was preaching to them. They didn't accept. And then now he's saying, I was wrong. He comes out. What does that mean? How does that make sense? The way I understand it is this. Before being eaten, it's him having problem with what's happening in the world. He's complaining. Oh my God, there's so much wrong. There's this, there's that. When he's eaten and he's in the belly of the fish, he realizes, oh my God, have I done my share before I can complain? Right? This is so important. You can only, there are certain things in this world that you only understand once you do your share, even if you're a prophet. He was complaining about the world, but God told him, before you complain, first do all the things you are meant to do because there may be so many problems in the world right now that we're complaining about, but they're as a result of our own shortcomings, the gaps we have left, right? So even a prophet, God tells him, first become the best version of yourself. First fill all the gaps which were your responsibility. Then yes, you get to complain. So this is what I think, in my understanding, Islam wants from us. It's quite a profound thought that by us as individuals not fulfilling our potential we're doing as you said disservice not to ourselves but to humanity yeah um because who knows what like for, I, I mean let's take the muslim vibe for example yeah had, yeah had we sat on the idea and not actualized it you know we've had people contact us saying oh i really like this article this really benefited me like absolutely. it's giving me a reminder whatever absolutely like that's things that wouldn't have happened tangibly and, and Again, when you when you talk about when you mentioned this particular podcast, for example, like we've created this, mm -hmm. it's now included in the the list of things in the world, which mm -hmm. is uh, it again. It's, it's um, I've moved on from phenomenal now to mind blowing. <laughs> That's my new adjective, at least mm -hmm. for this podcast. But yeah, like mm -hmm. I, I mean, uh, you like there's so much that you've you've given us all to think about. Um, I think yeah, like we're, we're, we've we've gone over an hour now, mm, um, mm. and as I said, like I I don't want to go on too much longer. Mm. But I think if you're happy to commit to a part two at some point in the year, um, it would be great to have you back. It would be my pleasure. Um, my pleasure. And and we can. I mean, I like this is. I don't even need to talk on the next one. Honestly, I, I told you beforehand that it needs to be a back and forth. But actually, I was wrong. Um, and I'm happy to state that. that I mean, I, like you without me would be a much better podcast. No, not at all. Um, but no, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. There's there's so much to think about. And um, in terms of how people can find you, uh, we'll put like the links to your social medias and whatever else that you're that, working on right thank now. Thank you so much. Sure. We'll put that all in there. Sure. Um, but thank you. And, and thank and all you the best, so much. Inshallah. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks to everyone for listening. And uh, yeah. Shall I see you in another time? Thank you. So that was my conversation with Sheikh Jawad Shamali. Some 
absolute I think nuggets of wisdom in there uh, something that really stood out to me is just the way that everything that he mentioned and that we discussed came from his side from a pers- like from a perspective and from like a lived experience so it was not just a case of like this is what the textbook says this is what this means but actually like it's through experience and you know he mentioned that some things take him take t- some things sorry take him years to kind of come to conclusions where he feels comfortable and happy um, and again it's very refreshing to hear someone say that if you don't know the answer just say I don't know um, there's nothing wrong with that um, and being able to provide an answer that's like holistic because it comes from the heart is so much more meaningful and deep uh, and it also uh, I think the conversation that we had serves as food for thought for us with regards to where we go on our religious journey um, it's not a case of you know we are Muslim now so it's all good but actually there's so much more development there's so much more thinking and even just looking at the end talking about fulfilling our potential and making sure that we we really come through and kind of deliver as human beings there's a lot of pressure but I think you know we all have to in our own individual ways be it on like a family level or a community level or a national level whatever it is whatever you're doing even just in work being the kind of best version of yourself fulfilling your potential is so important um, and it's something you hear like motivational speakers talk about but when you hear it coming from like an Islamic religious perspective albeit the Sheikh's own individual kind of um, I guess interpretation and, and understanding of things it's quite refreshing uh, and and as I said just I, I, I genuinely can't wait to listen back um, to, the, to the conversation because he was just saying so many things that I was like I need to I need to listen and process this again because there's just so much in there um so yeah that i guess that brings us to the end of 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 the podcast pretty much um the standard kind of uh outro disclaimer not disclaimers but you know notices messages whatever um be sure to subscribe if you haven't already tell your friends tell your family uh if you found this episode or this podcast uh to have value then please do share it with people and, and let other people benefit from it um, and and yeah please just get the word out there I've, I've mentioned this every time um, I keep doing it but if you can give us a nice little five star rating on your podcast app wherever you get your podcasts that would be great uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel donate to the Muslim vibe support read everything you know how it is basically just everything but yes thank you very much for for being here and for listening um and for your continued support as well really appreciate it and we will be back next week inshallah with more great content peace out salam i don't know just yeah